Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. Merry Christmas. So glad that you're here. So glad that you decided to uh, make coming to church and celebrating Jesus a part of your Christmas Eve traditions. Um, I'm so glad you're here tonight. And so I want to start uh, by telling you a story. And I, I've been waiting to actually tell this story for several years because, well, I was just waiting till it was safe. And so I think enough time's gone by, I think it's safe. Okay, so you know how... You know, sometimes at Christmas time you get a gift and, you know, it's not really something that you really wanted or needed, but you also can't return it. And so you decide that you're going to save it and re-gift it at a later time, right? So here's what happened. <clears throat> when Amy and I got engaged, we got engaged in October of um, 1998, okay? Remember that, 1998. It's important for the story. We got engaged in October of 1998, and so a few months later, at Christmas time, uh, someone decided that it would be a great idea to throw Amy and I a holiday shower. And by holiday shower, that just meant that people were going to bring decorations that we could use uh, at the holidays. Because, you know, I mean, when you first get married, like, you don't have any of that kind of stuff. So we thought it was a great idea. And so uh, we went and Amy registered for, you know, some, all these decorations and things. And one of the things she registered for was some spode china. Now, um, all you dudes, you need to understand, spode china is not a city in the Far East, okay? Um, spode is a manufacturer and they make plates. And one of the plates that they make for the holidays has a Christmas tree on it. And one of the pattern, and the pattern that we registered for was this exact pattern uh, that's displayed here on this plate. Well, the, the, the shower went off and it was great. It was super successful, so much fun. And we got a ton of really cool stuff. And so we didn't open all the gifts at the shower. We actually opened them later. So we're, we're um, you know, back at the house and, and we're opening these gifts and pulling them out of the boxes. And one of the boxes we get to looked exactly like this. Um, it was open on the front and you could see the you know, the decorate the, you know, the inside part of the plate, but you couldn't see the edges. And so then when we opened the box and pulled the plate out, here is what we found. Yeah. 1993, baby. Five years earlier. Five years. So this person's been waiting for five years to re-give this plate. I mean, can you imagine the conversation that she was having with her husband earlier that day? She was like, and I told you that plate would come in handy. And so she re-gifted this, this plate. <laughs> and so, I mean, we still, every year when we get this plate out, um, we still laugh about it. I mean, we crack up every time because we use this plate every year. And it, it's because it reminds us of that super funny time that when we got this you know, crazy gift. Now, look, the lady that gave us this gift she had no idea that the date was on this commemorative plate. She couldn't see it because you, you would have had to have taken it out of the box, which she clearly had never done. And so now, had she known the date was on it, she never would have re-gifted it, right? So I think about us. How many times have there been, you know, those moments in our life that we would have done something differently 
if we had only known. If we had only known then what we know now, man, we'd have done it so differently. You know, maybe it's something, you know, silly and funny like gifting a plate that accidentally has the date on it. You know, or maybe adults, for you, it's, <clears throat> maybe it's, you took a job, and then it was only after you got in it that you realized it really wasn't what you thought it was. And had you only known then, when you took it, what you know now, you would have done it differently. Or teenagers, maybe for you, it's, maybe you texted or posted something, and it just set off a firestorm with all your friends. And if you'd only known that that was what was going to happen, like, you'd have done it way differently, right? Or maybe kids, maybe for you, maybe you set up a bike ramp at the top of a grassy hill, only to realize after you jumped that if you didn't jump exactly straight and you actually went off to the right, that you were going to wipe out four rose bushes, and you're going to be covered in... Okay, maybe that was just me when I was nine. But I wish I'd done that differently, for sure. Or maybe it's something a little more serious. Maybe it's a relationship that you got into and that it caused a ton of heartache. And if you'd only known then what you know now, you never would have gotten into it. Or maybe it was something you just, you just tried for fun or to relax or to maybe help you cope and escape. But now, it's become a real problem, and you can't stop, and it's starting to ruin relationships with friends and family. And had you only known then what you know now, oh, you would have done it way differently back then. See, we've all got things in life that we wish we had done differently. I mean, that, that's true for all of us. But you know what? We can't unwind the clock. We can't go back and do it differently. Look, and our Heavenly Father, He sees that we're so prone to death. God has been watching people do that kind of thing for centuries. And interestingly enough, on that very first Christmas Eve, the night that Jesus was born, there was one individual that wished that he could go and unwind the clock and do things so differently. There was one individual that if he only knew then what he knows now, I'm telling you, he would have done things way differently. And through this person, God gives us some guidance on, for us about when we wish we had done things differently. And the person I'm talking about was the innkeeper. It's the innkeeper on the night that Jesus was born because the innkeeper... Um, he was the one that turned away Mary and Joseph on that night from staying in the end and let them sleep in the stable. I'm telling you, like this guy has gone down in history as the biggest grinch of a loser on Christmas Eve that there ever was, right? Uh, I mean, this is the guy that turned away, and it, it's sad enough that he turned away a young woman who was pregnant and like literally could have given birth any minute and told her she had to go sleep in the barn, but then later on, when, to find out that the person that was born in the barn was Jesus? I mean, you just want to go hide in a hole somewhere, right? But that's what happened. And through all that, God can show us some really great things about when we 
experience those moments of life when we wish that we had done things differently. So let's learn about, let's read about what happens. And so follow along in your message notes, or if you want to follow along on uh, the Bible app on your phone, or if you brought a Bible with you, either way, it doesn't matter. Luke chapter two, beginning in verse one, here's what the Bible says. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, the whole incident with the innkeeper is only mentioned in this one verse in the entire Bible. And the innkeeper is not mentioned by name. But there's multiple things that we find out about the innkeeper through the context of the surrounding verses. And one of them helps, one of those things helps us answer this very important question. And that question is, is what Christmas Eve message does God have for me about doing things differently in my life? Here's the first thing, and I want you to write this down. At the very least, be kind. Write that down. At the very least, be kind. You know, after thinking about it for a while, I, I, I really think that this innkeeper has gotten a bad rap, right? I, I, I think that Every sermon I've ever heard about the innkeeper, I mean, the guy gets trashed for turning away Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus from the inn that night. And, and we know that the innkeeper was a guy, okay? We know he was a guy because, look, let's be honest, if it was a girl, if it was a woman, she would have given Mary and Joseph a private room, kicked all the dudes out of the inn that very night, and made them sleep in the barn, right? So we know it was a guy because he was totally insensitive. But, but honestly, I, th I think the guy is... Is, has been made out to be more cold than he really was. Basically, think about it. The Roman government is who required everybody to leave wherever they lived and go back to their own hometown to register. So literally, everybody in the whole country is traveling. This guy's inn has been packed for weeks. He is in the middle of the biggest economic boom he's ever experienced in his whole life. And so in the middle of the night, <clears throat> well, the inn is packed yet again, he gets a knock at the door, and it's a young couple. They don't look like they've got two shekels to rub together. And the girl is great with child. Looks like she could give birth any minute now. He knows he doesn't have any room in the inn. And so instead of just turning them away and saying, go figure out whatever you're going to do, he decides that he's going to at least offer them a place where they can get out of the elements and still have some privacy. And the best option that he can think of is the stable. So, listen, at the very least, he did something that was kind to Mary and Joseph that night. You know what I think about us at Christmas? Look, I, I don't know what kind of an unexpected knock might come at your door. Maybe today, tonight, tomorrow. In this week between now and New Year's Eve, on New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, sometime after that. I mean, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but here's the one thing that I can tell you. 
whenever something unexpected happens, at the very least, be kind. Because you're never going to regret being kind. But you will eventually regret not being kind. So look, this Christmas season, if unexpected family members show up, you be the one that just says, you know what, hey, just stay at our house, we'll host. Or if there needs to be some unexpected meal changes, say, you know what, hey, we'll cook, or you know, we'll take care of it. You be the one that stays and cleans up when everybody else just goes their own way. Or you know what, if you know somebody that's lost their job, or, or you know of a family that has had some changes in their you know, family this year, and someone's going to be alone at Christmas for the very first time in a really long time, you be the one that reaches out, makes a call, sends a text, let them know that they're not forgotten, and that, they're, and that they're, they matter. At the very least, you be the one that does something that's kind this Christmas. And you know what? There is something that all of us can do this Christmas that's kind. If, if you're looking for something to give to this Christmas season, one of the kindest things that you can do is give to our Christmas offering. Uh, every year we receive an offering at Christmas time, and 100% of the money goes outside the walls of this church to help people in desperate need. And this year, over 80% of that offering is going to go help children. We're going to help children who have been rescued out of human trafficking. We're going to help kids in South Africa get an education so that they can break the cycle of poverty and hopefully live a new kind of life. We're going to help children in our local area whose parents have lost their jobs, maybe have had a significant medical setback, you know, or for whatever reason that they've had a massive change in their family and they've fallen on hard times. We're going to help provide them food and basic necessities to help get them through their, their time of need. So if you're looking for something kind, one of the kindest things you can do is give to this Christmas offering. And you can do that, you know, through with the envelope and you can just hand it to a pastor on your way out today or you can do it online or you can do it right from your phone. But look, regardless of what you do, this Christmas season, when something unexpected happens, at the very least, learn from the innkeeper and be kind. Here's the second thing I think God is saying to us through the innkeeper. Number two is this. Respond differently now to what I didn't know then. I ought to respond differently now to what I didn't know then. Look, there, there was no way that the innkeeper knew that the baby that Mary was carrying was Jesus. I mean, there was no way for him to know that, right? I mean, when they knocked on the door, I mean, Mary just looked like an ordinary girl. Joseph just looked like an ordinary guy. They just looked like they were going to have an ordinary baby. But then fast forward 30 years later, Jesus is now traveling the country 
And he's performing incredible miracles. I mean, God is doing incredible things through him. And people are telling stories about Jesus, about the things that he's done. And they are beginning to even, you know, wonder, could he be the Messiah? Could he be the actual son of God? And I'm telling you, Jesus was big news. His fame was so widespread. And the reason it was so widespread is because he was doing things like, like healing people who were born blind. Stories were being told of how he fed over 5,000 people with some kid's sack lunch. He had even raised a guy named Lazarus from the dead. I mean, people were telling stories about Jesus far and wide, and his fame was so widespread, even the Roman officials had begun to take notice. So think about this. Think about the innkeeper when these stories about Jesus begin to reach his ears and one of the stories he hears is about Jesus' miraculous birth and how in Bethlehem, the night he was born, his parents had been turned away from the inn and had to sleep in the stable. And I'm sure the innkeeper was like, oh, that's a great story. Let's maybe not repeat that one to anybody. You know? I mean, can you imagine how he felt? Can you, I mean, don't you think that he wished that he could unwind the clock and go back and do that differently? Don't you think he wished he could respond differently now to what he didn't do back then? Well, of course he did. Of course he wished he could. But he couldn't. So here, here's, here's my point. Um, and look, and I, and I know it's mere speculation that maybe this guy had heard about Jesus. I, and maybe he didn't know. Maybe, maybe in this life he never found out. But here's what I can tell you. Now that he's stepped out of this life and into the next, now he knows for sure who it is he turned away that night and he wishes he could go back and do it differently. Okay, so here's the point of all that. The point is this. I can respond differently now to what I didn't know back then. That whatever that is for you, like you can't go unwind the clock of what's already been done, but you can do things differently going forward. And I'm specifically talking about that we can respond differently to Jesus. Because look, may, maybe growing up, you didn't know Jesus was the Son of God. I mean, maybe nobody told you. Maybe you didn't know that Jesus was born in a, in a manger in Bethlehem and then died on a cross in Jerusalem. Maybe you didn't know that when he died on the cross, the whole purpose of his death was so that he could provide forgiveness for sin. And that when he died, he paid the price for your sin, for my sin, for the sins of everybody in the whole world. And if we would just ask for forgiveness, we could receive it for everything we've ever done. And once we receive God's forgiveness, then we can go to heaven when we die. And maybe you never, nobody ever told you that. So, as a Christian, as a Christ follower, a Christ follower is someone who has asked Jesus Christ to come into their life to forgive them and then committed to follow Jesus as best they can from that point forward. But in order to receive that forgiveness, you have to ask for it. You got to ask Jesus to come into your life. You know what? Maybe, maybe nobody's ever told you you need to do that. Maybe nobody ever told you that, you know, growing up. Maybe growing up, you were told that in order to go to heaven, you got to be a good person. Or that you need to go to church a certain number of times. Or you need to watch your behavior. 
or maybe that you had to keep all the religious rules, but at some point in your life, all of that became too burdensome, too heavy. It just became too self-righteous and too judgmental. And so you know what? You just walked away from all of it. Maybe that's your story. But you know what? You need to realize that Jesus was born and he died for you because he loves you. And Jesus is not up in heaven with an attendance chart checking off when and when you, when you go and when you don't go to church. Jesus is not up in heaven, you know, checking out, you know, keeping track of your good behavior. Jesus instead is waiting for you to receive him into your life. So look, if you've never received Jesus into your life, if you've never asked him to come into your life to forgive you and then chosen to follow him from this day forward, you can do that today. You can do that by praying a prayer. And maybe never, nobody ever told you how to do that either. But there's a sample of that prayer. It's in your message notes. If you've never prayed that prayer before, but you're ready to do it now on Christmas Eve, I want you to take a second. I want you to pray that prayer right now. Because you praying that prayer right now is more important than anything I'm going to say in the next several minutes. So if you've never prayed that prayer, pray it now if you're ready. And you know, I, I, I wonder about the innkeeper. I wonder if he ever prayed that prayer during his lifetime, you know? I like to think that he did. But we don't know for sure. In fact, the only way we'll know for sure is when we step out of this life and we step into the next, we'll know for sure whether he prayed that prayer or not and became a Christ follower. My hope is that he did. And my hope is, is that you do too at some point in your life. But I can respond differently to Jesus now than I did back then in the past. Now, there's a third lesson we learned from the innkeeper that I want us to take note of. Number three is this, is don't just check in with Jesus. Make room for Jesus. Don't just check in with Jesus. Make room for Jesus. Let me, look, let me ask you a question. If, you know, for some crazy reason, a young couple knocked on your door at night, and, you know, she was pregnant, you know, looked like she could give birth at any time now, and they need a place to stay, and you let them stay in your barn, or maybe you let them stay in your garage, and you know that, like, hey, this, this gal could give birth any minute now. Don't you think that at some point in the night you would go just check on them, see how they were doing? I mean, I know I would. Look, you probably would too. At some point in time, you would go and check on them. And maybe the innkeeper did too. Maybe the innkeeper at some point during the night, maybe he went to check on them and just see how they're doing. But even if he didn't, we know for sure that what the innkeeper should have done was he should have made room for them in the inn. He should have refunded somebody else their money, made them go sleep in the barn, and given Mary and Joseph a room. He should have made room for them. But at best, all he did was check in on them, right? Look, don't be the kind of person that just checks in with Jesus. I mean, look, there, there's a lot of people. They just check in with Jesus once a week on a Sunday. They just check in with Jesus every now and then by going to church. Or maybe they just check in with Jesus a couple of times a year at Easter and at Christmas time. But Jesus doesn't want to be the kind of person that you just check in with every now and then. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you that is every day. He wants to have a relationship with you 
that's a part of your everyday life, a part of your everyday comings and goings. And look, and I'm telling you, once you, once that clicks, once you get that, I'm telling you, it changes everything. I remember my life growing up when I was a kid. When I was a kid, um, when I was in elementary school, like we went to church as a family sometimes. I mean, we were kind of hit and miss. I mean, sometimes we went, sometimes we didn't go. But I'm telling you, once I became a teenager, I mean, my family, like we went all the time. Honestly, I think it's mostly because my brother and I, we were a pretty big handful, and so my parents needed all the help they could get, right? So like we went to church all the time. But no matter how many times I went to church, for me, going to church was, for me, it was primarily about checking in with Jesus about my behaviors. It was making sure I was still doing the right things, making sure that you know, I was you know, following the religious rules, making sure that I was still towing the line. That, that's what it was for me growing up. But when I got to college, I'm telling you, I met some people that had a very different relationship with Jesus than I had. I mean, these people, they talked about how um, Jesus would answer their prayers and how Jesus would guide them and how he would speak to them. And, I, and, and when they were in a, a, a worship service and they sang, I mean, I'm telling you, like, they were into it. And it was, it was like Jesus was more real for them than he'd ever been real for me. Now, look... I knew I was a believer. Like, I knew I was a Christ follower. There, there was no doubt about that in my mind. But I'm telling you, what these people, the relationship they, these people had with Jesus was way different than anything I had. But I tell you what, I wanted it. And so I remember the first time I went to a service, and I decided that I was going to go not just to check in with Jesus, but to make room for Jesus in my heart. And so I remember when I went and the singing started, I decided that I was going to do less singing about Jesus and more singing to Jesus. And I'm telling you, when I did that, it opened a place in my heart that I didn't even know was there. And over the coming months, as I began to make more and more room for Jesus in my daily life, I'm telling you, I experienced more love and more joy and more satisfaction and more forgiveness and more acceptance and more excitement than I'd ever thought possible in my entire life. Because for me, it had now become a lot, whole lot less about just checking in with Jesus about my behaviors, but instead making room for him in my daily life. And I'm telling you, I've never been the same since. So for you, look, I mean, I don't know what your life has been like, but if your life has been a lot like mine was, and it's just been about checking in with Jesus about behaviors, I'm telling you, instead, make room for him in your heart. I'm telling you, it'll, it'll change everything for you. Don't just merely check in with him like the innkeeper did. Instead, make room for him in the everyday comings and goings of your life. Because I'm telling you, it'll make all the difference in the world. You know what? And if I could go back and do it differently, the only thing I would have done differently is I would have started that when I was younger. You know what? And maybe you didn't know. I mean, I didn't know. 
Maybe you didn't know about that until now. Maybe this is the first time you're ever hearing of anything like that. Maybe for you it's just only been about keeping the rules and you know, modifying your behavior. But it's about so much more than that. It's about a relationship with Jesus. So if you're willing to make that transition and start to make room for him in your daily life, would you make a commitment to start doing that and make that commitment this Christmas Eve, that this Christmas Eve, that this baby who was born in Bethlehem on that very first Christmas Eve, that you would begin to let him in in such a way that you have a daily relationship with him, and I'm telling you, it'll change you from this point forward. Bow your head, close your eyes, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you, first off, for being being willing to come to this earth. Thank you for coming and being born in Bethlehem and for dying on a cross in Jerusalem. And I thank you how you have changed my personal life. And I pray in your name that those that are willing to step across the line, that you will begin to change theirs as well. And if they prayed the prayer to become a Christ follower for, for the first time, that this would be the first day of a new way of life for them. And for those that have just been keeping the rules as best they can, and maybe just even checking in with you every now and again, but they're ready to take it to the next level and ready to experience you in a new way, I pray that tonight they would. That it would be the first experience in a whole new way of life for them. But for all of us, Father, if, the, if there's things that we wish we could go back and undo, I ask that you would help us just simply start fresh today, this Christmas Eve, that this Christmas Eve will be about the birth of a new way of life, just like Jesus, you were born in a stable long ago. Thank you for that. And it's in your name I pray all these things. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.